You're listening to the Meeting Midway Podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni and Pastor Amanda Lane. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real-world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. Now, let's meet Midway. Good morning, church. Let's stand and worship this morning. Sometimes on this journey, get lost in my mistakes. What looks to me like weakness is a canvas for your strength. My story isn't over, my story's just begun. Failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does. Failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does. It's not the end game, the journey is where you are. You never wanted perfect, you just wanted my heart. And the story isn't over, if the story isn't good. Failure's never final when the Father's in the room. No failure's never final when the Father's in the room. come home the helpless find hope love is on the move when the father's in the room prison doors fling wide the dead come to life love is on the move when the father's in the room miracles take place the cynical find
right. There we go. Uh, if you would register your attendance, let us know that you're here and worshiping with us. You can do so by uh, scanning the gray QR code in front of you. This lets us know that you're here. You can submit any prayer concerns, any prayer updates you might have, uh, and we will make sure that those are prayed for. Quick reminders, uh, Christmas is coming up. Anybody know that? It's, it's uh, this next upcoming Sunday, right? Uh, so we have some Christmas Eve services, and we would love for you to come and to join us for any of them. We have a 3 o'clock service for the kids. This is a cute family pageant, uh, family-style service. Um, children are welcome to come. If they have a favorite character from the uh, Christmas story, they can come dressed as that favorite character. But if you don't have the items, don't go out and buy um, a donkey suit or chicken suit or a lamb or angel because we have costumes here. We will provide those costumes. But that's 3 o'clock here in the sanctuary. Um, it's a really cute service. Even if you don't have kids, uh, in, I invite you to come and to enjoy it. Uh, we have our traditional candlelight and communion services at 5, 7, 9, and 11. And that will be over in the, uh, in the chapel. I do need some more helpers, some more volunteers for the 9 o'clock and the 11 o'clock service. If that's the service that you guys are planning to attend, let me know. Um, I would love to plug you in as a greeter or an usher for those services. And then Christmas Day, we have a big present for you. You don't have to get dressed in church clothes on Sunday morning. You can worship straight from home in your pajamas. Those Christmas pajamas that you'll be opening Christmas Eve, right? Um, so our service on Christmas Eve will be, or Christmas Day will be online. Uh, so make sure you tune in at 11 a.m. for that. Uh, we will have a youth meeting immediately after this service, um, straight through these doors in the youth room. So I hope that uh, those of you who are youth, youth parents, or uh, those who are interested in being involved with the youth ministry, come on out and participate in that meeting straight through the doors in the youth room. Um, at this time, I would like to invite Diane Davenport. She is the chair of our Staff Parish Relations Committee. She's going to share a little something with us. Now I have a mental image of all of you in your Christmas pajamas that's not going to be able to get out of my mind. So Merry Christmas to everybody. If you've been following your emails or reading the midweek, you know what I'm going to tell you, but... Um, I just wanted to let make sure everybody knows that Pastor Jenny is going to take family leave beginning on uh, January the 1st through June um, to take care of her parents. And, uh, you know, her mom is, is uh, under hospice care now, and her dad requires some caregiving as well. And so, Pastor Jenny, we're going to be praying for you and ministering to you throughout this time. But we're so glad that she can have this time away to focus on her parents. And um, so you know that we are not going to be left pastorless, nor will we be overloading uh, Pastor Pedro or Pastor Amanda. Um, the conference is sending us um, Dr. Stephen Usry to be our interim pastor for that six-month period. He's a well-known uh, preacher and um, has planted churches, preached abroad, pastored some large, uh, large churches. So he is going to have his first sermon at our one service on January the 1st. So I hope you can be here to welcome him and his wife, Julie, to Midway. Um, on a couple of other things. Um, if you would like to honor the staff with a Christmas gift, you can just make a contribution through any of our channels. Just mark it Staff Christmas, and we'll make sure that that um, is, is given to all of our staff members. And then finally, on a very sad note, today is Jared Brooks's last day with us at Midway. You guys have I mean, we've enjoyed him in choir, 
we've enjoyed his um, special music, his solos through the time he's been with us, but you guys are going to miss him most because you see him every Sunday. Um, he's found in this last semester that the rigors of his music education uh, studies at Reinhardt University taking uh, enough time that it's really interfering with his ability to, to do everything. He's juggling a lot. Jared, you've been a great blessing to us. We're going to miss you, but we wish you the very best. Thank you. As we continue to celebrate in this Advent season, I want to invite the Sorter family to come forward, and uh, they will be lighting the Advent wreath for us this morning. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and should bear a son, and she'll name him Emmanuel. John Mason Neal, who brought us the beautiful Advent hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, will, that we sang in week one, also translated the text of this beautiful and haunting hymn of the Father's love begotten. The original work was written by Aurelius Clemens Prudentius in the late 4th century. Of the Father's love begotten, ere the worlds began to be, he is Alpha and Omega, he is source, the ending, he of the things that are, that have been, and the future years shall see, evermore and evermore. Captured here is the love of God, who is larger than the universe, and yet joined us and walked our journey. As we light the fourth candle of the Advent, let us reflect on the immense love of our God as we await the arrival of a very special baby. Lord of love, we await your coming with great expectation. Our lives are marked by love even when our circumstances might prove to be the contrary. May we bring love to every heart this Advent season. Amen. Go tell it on the mountain the one that we've been waiting for The King of our salvation Born on this day, our Savior Christ the Lord Go tell it on the mountain Over the hills and everywhere that we can be forgiven The weight of all our sin He came to bear Emmanuel, God with us Emmanuel, King Jesus The Savior of the world is born Emmanuel, God with us Emmanuel
This baby born of virgin birth The ruler of all nations The glory of our God has come to earth Emmanuel, God with us Emmanuel, King Jesus Savior of the world is born Emmanuel, God with us Emmanuel, King Jesus The Savior of the world is born The Savior of the world is born The Savior of the world is sing a new song this morning Um, and the title is is called more like Jesus and I think that every day that's our biggest challenge amen so just be more like Jesus I think that it's the hardest part of being a Christian is trying to be like him so as we sing this song this morning I want you to think about just giving everything to him, laying it all down at his feet. And that when he came into this world, he knew exactly why he came and he came for us. You came to the world you created. Trading your crown for a cross You willingly died Your innocent life paid the cost Counting your status as nothing The king of all kings came to serve Washing my feet And covering me with your love If more of you means less of me, take everything. Yes, all of you is all I need, take everything. my life and my treasure the one that I can't live without here at your feet my desires and dreams I lay down here at your feet my desires and dreams I lay down if
Can we sing that chorus together one more time? If more of you means less of me, take everything. Yes, all of you is all I need. Take everything. Yes, more of you means less of me. Take everything. Yes, all of you is all I need. Take I'd like to invite our children to come forward. Our children are going to, uh, they have a special, some special songs that they're gonna sing for us. So we'll let them get situated.
right. Good job, guys. Can we give them one more hand? Thank you. We have a great opportunity to go to God in prayer and to lift up our joys and our concerns. And this morning, as we go to God in prayer, I'd ask that you remember um, and keep Helen Cox and her family in your prayers. Um, Helen passed away this week and her service was Friday. So uh, let's go to God in prayer. God, your love is gracious. Your love is abundant. And God, your love is unconditional. We thank you so much that you do love us and love us well. God, forgive us for the times that we've not shown love to our neighbors. God, forgive us for the times that we've not shown love to strangers or friends or family. God, forgive us the times that we haven't shown love to ourselves. And Lord, I just pray that you would continue to lead and guide us to recognize your unconditional love. God, we thank you so much that there are ways that we can always go out and share your love with others. From serving to uh, a kind word, uh, a gesture of love. Lord, there are many ways that, that people can know that they are loved and they are cared for. God, I pray this morning for those who are, are mourning and grieving, for those who are hurting, for those who, who are having a hard time feeling your love. God, let us go out. Let us go out and be your love for them. And I pray that you would just envelop them, allowing them to know that you care and that you do love them. Lord, we pray these things in your holy name. And we join together now and pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture lesson today comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, the first chapter, beginning with the 26th verse. Hear now God's word to us this day. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This Christmas, Rachel and Philip Ridgway will be celebrating their first Christmas with their twins, 
Lydia and Timothy. Now, all babies are a miracle, a cause for celebration. But what is particularly noteworthy about these babies is that they came from embryos frozen by an anonymous couple back in 1992. At 30 years of age, they are the oldest frozen embryos known to have resulted in a live birth. Mr. Ridgway told CNN, There is something mind-boggling about it. I was five years old when God gave life to Lydia and Timothy, and he's been preserving that life ever since. You know, the rapid advances in embryology since that first test tube baby in 1978 are mind-boggling. Doctors are now able to help over a million couples a year realize their dream of having children in a way that previous generations could never have imagined. Who could have imagined a pregnancy like Mary's? Certainly not Mary. How can this be, she asked the angel Gabriel at the news that she will conceive and bear God's son. She's not the only one to ask questions of the angel. Before delivering the news to Mary, the angel Gabriel announced a miraculous pregnancy to another couple. He told the old priest Zechariah that his barren wife Elizabeth would give birth to a baby, a baby who would prepare the way for the Messiah. Now, given the couple's advanced age and decades of childless heartbreak, Elizabeth's pregnancy was nothing short of a miracle. Rather than rejoice, though, at the good news, Zachariah is incredulous. How will I know that this is so? He asks. It's a question for which he is rendered mute until his son John's circumcision eight days after his birth. Now Mary has her own question for the angel about her miraculous pregnancy. How can this be, since I am a virgin? It's a reasonable question, right, given the circumstances. After all, a virgin carrying a divine child defies all logic. It also raises some serious concerns about Mary's future. As a single woman in that society, the only thing that valued that Mary had to offer her future husband was her purity. Becoming pregnant before she and Joseph were married jeopardized the future that her parents had planned for her And more than that, it puts her very life in peril since stoning was the legal penalty for having relations outside of marriage. You know, many Christians find the virgin birth to be something that is hard to believe. I wonder why it is, though. Why is it that we can so readily accept that God created the earth and the universe, the whole cosmos, and all that is in it, but are stumped by this single conception by the Holy Spirit. How can this be? It's a question that we've all asked ourselves at at some point. When our carefully planned life is interrupted when change is thrust upon us and all our plans for the future fly out the window. Maybe you lost your job. Someone betrayed your trust. The marriage ended. A love died. The doctor delivered bad news. Your mind goes to reeling. Is this really happening? How can this be? 
Your whole life is thrown off course by the interruption. You can't wrap your mind around it, and you certainly can't control it. There's no way to put that genie back in the bottle. All you can do is choose to receive it. Do not be afraid, Mary, the angel reassures, for you have found favor with God. Is this what God's favor looks like? A scandalous pregnancy that will leave Mary's family's reputation in tatters, the promising marriage called off, and a potential death sentence in the offing. As someone put it, it's no benign thing to be favored by God. God's favor looks frightening from where Mary stands. And I suspect The whole scenario, despite his reassurances to the contrary, is more than a little disconcerting for God's messenger as well. Frederick Buechner imagined how Gabriel, despite his matter-of-fact delivery, really viewed the situation at hand. Mary must have struck him as hardly old enough have a child much less this child but he'd been entrusted with a message to give her and he gave it he told her what the child was to be named and who he was to be and something about the mystery that was to come upon her you mustn't be afraid Mary he said and as he said it he only hoped she wouldn't notice that beneath the great golden wings, he himself was trembling with fear to think that the whole future of creation hung now on the answer of a girl. It's a very precarious situation. After all, who would believe her, a young girl of no more than, say, 13 or 14, Chances are no one, which is precisely why so many remained silent for years, even decades after terrible, dreadful things have happened to them when they were young. Who would believe them, much less support them? They are rendered as mute as Zechariah, afraid to speak the truth. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel reassures, like angels are wont to do in the scriptures. Have you ever had someone tell you not to be afraid when you were terrified? Did that help? Did that make your fear disappear? Perhaps it took a little edge off to give voice to your fears to someone who was near. But you still had to muster up the courage from somewhere to act despite your apprehension. Because you see, courage can't be borrowed. It must come from somewhere deep within. It can only be drawn from a a deep well of faith and trust in God's loving intentions for us. Mary, a simple, young, inexperienced girl, searches her heart, and she boldly says yes to God. She opens her heart, and she makes room for God's love to have its way with her. She submits her womb to be a nurturing vessel of God's love to enter the world. In her poem, The Annunciation, Madeline Law Engel said, Had Mary been filled with reason, there'd have been no room for the child. Well, there's no way to fully explain it much less understand where all this is headed. 
And yet Mary says, yes, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And with those words, Mary bows to God's will. Even though it's a mystery yet to be revealed, like that baby secretly growing in her womb, Mary, did you know? No. She didn't know, not fully. She knows not the joy nor the heartbreak her yes will bring. That 30 years in the future, her son will also say yes to God's will and his part in God's loving intention to save the world. He will pray Father, not my will, but thine. I'm sure it helped Mary knowing that she was not all alone in her upended life. For her cousin, Elizabeth Gabriel confided, was carrying her own miracle child. News that Gabriel put forth to Mary as proof that nothing is impossible with God. And with that, the angel leaves Mary to fend for herself. Fortunately, Mary won't be alone for long, though. She goes straight away to her cousin Elizabeth, for whom better to share the news of her pregnancy with than a female relative who is also pregnant. For six months earlier, Elizabeth received the revelation that she too would give birth to a son, a miracle baby who would prepare the way for Mary's. The scene of these two women rejoicing over each other's pregnancy is over the top. Some might even characterize it as hysterical because you know how women are. Mary even starts singing an original composition with themes she borrows from the prophets of old. She sings about irrational things like tyrants being toppled from their thrones and hungry people being fed and, and the whole social order being turned upside down. The virgin birth is one thing. But it really pales in comparison to the prophecies Mary sings about in the Magnificat of how God's love entering the world through Mary's baby will make all that is wrong in this world right again. Bishop Will Willimon tells about a Duke College student who once came to him to talk about his struggle with the virgin birth. He, found, he just found it too incredible to believe. And Willimon said to him, you think the virgin birth is incredible? We'll come back next week when we read the Magnificat. Then we will tell you that God has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. We'll talk about the hungry having enough to eat and the rich being sent away empty. The virgin birth? If you think you have trouble with the Christian faith now, just wait. The virgin birth is just a little miracle. The really incredible stuff is coming next week. Mary said yes. She said yes to God's interruption. And she made room in her heart and in her body for God's love to have its way. Not knowing what this would mean for her future, for her son's future. What she did know is that God loved her. Loved her even more and she loved that baby growing inside of her. And that was enough for her to know that all would be well despite 
life looking nothing like she imagined it would. When I was in kindergarten at First Baptist Church Roswell, we put on a nativity play each year for the Christmas program. Well, one year I was one of the angels and I was supposed to skip down the aisle, but I I just couldn't get it right, so I galloped at full speed. (laughs) Well, the next year, I was Mary. You know the scene. Dressed in a blue robe with a white head covering. I had no words to speak. All I had to do was to sit there and, and gaze lovingly at the baby and try to look somewhat angelic while I did it. Now, in a sense, we all have the opportunity to play the part of Mary. But God will come to us and ask us to make room in our hearts and lives to play a role in God's loving intention for the world. What will our answer be? Will we reach down and find the courage to say yes to God? Will we find room in our hearts to allow Mary's baby to be born in us? Some 700 years ago, Meister Eckhart wrote these words. We are all meant to be mothers of God. What good is it to me if this eternal birth of the divine son takes place unceasingly, but does not take place within myself? And what good is it to me if Mary is full of grace, if I am not also full of grace? What good is it to me for the creator to give birth to his son if I do not also give birth to him in my time and in my culture? This then is the fullness of time when the son of God is begotten in us. The whole cosmos hung in the balance. And Mary said, here I am. Let it be with me according to your word. Lord, let it be. Let it be. Let it be. With me, with you, with us according to your word, your word made flesh, and your son, our savior, Jesus. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for Mary. We thank you for the courage that and faith that enabled her to say yes to your miraculous loving plan to bring salvation to this world. Help us, Lord, like Mary, to say yes to your love, that we might make room in our own hearts and lives to bear the love of Jesus into our world. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. to the word and to Christ offering to us. As we respond, may we consider what our yes looks like. Mary had a yes that she gave. What does our yes look like? Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you so much that Mary responded with a yes. God, as we look into this Christmas season, what are the ways that we might respond What are the ways that we can say yes and see Jesus in our midst? We pray this in your holy name. 
Amen. I invite you to stand as we sing this last song. This is also a new song that was uh, introduced to me by Jeremiah, our sound tech. And it goes through all of the things we're learning about in Advent. And it's just a really good song to to think about and to end on. So let's sing it this morning. So let him turn it in your favor. Watch him work it for your good. He's not done with what he started. He's not done until it's good. So hello peace, hello joy, hello love. Hello strength, hello hope, it's a new horizon. Hello peace, hello joy, hello love hello strength hello hope it's a new horizon if you're ready for a breakthrough just open up and just receive what is pouring out is nothing seen you've ever seen the hello peace hello joy hello love hello strength hello hope it's a new horizon hello peace hello joy my future you are you are sickness is not my story you are you are heartbreak's not my home jesus you are you are death is not the end you are you are fear is not my future you are you are sickness is not my story you are you are heartbreak's not my home jesus you are you are death is not the ending you are you are so hello peace hello joy Goodbye shame, goodbye pain, goodbye grave, it's a new horizon, goodbye fear, goodbye
Goodbye guilt, goodbye shame Goodbye pain, goodbye grave It's a new horizon Fear is not my future You are, you are Sickness is not my story You are, you are Heartbreak's not my home, Jesus. You are, you are. Death is not the end. You are, you are. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Jared. Godspeed. I thank you for your presence here today. Hope to see you on Christmas Eve. Now may God go before you to guide you. May God go behind you to direct you. May God go beside you to befriend you. May God rest above you to protect you. May God rest below you to uphold you. And may God be born in you that you may bear God's love into the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel, an acoustic worship service at 9.45 a.m. in our historic chapel, and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.